With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You say you'll never join the Navy. Never climb Mount Fuji on a port visit. Or break the sound barrier. Joining the Navy sounds crazy. Saying never actually is. Learn why at Navy.com. America's Navy. Forged by the sea. This podcast of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs is sponsored by AAA Heating and Air. Their premier HVAC company in the Midlands is growing. Are you a top HVAC technician? AAA Heating and Air is looking for dedicated applicants to fill their fast-growing service department with top-notch HVAC technicians. If you're the best, then they want you. If you're ready to stop working and start a career, you can earn up to $100,000 a year at AAA Heating and Air. Quality candidates will have at least two years' experience and a good driving record. Benefits include top industry salaries, commission on service and unit sales, set call limits, company-provided take-home vehicle and gas card, company-provided cell phone and tablet, health, dental, and vision benefits, 401k retirement plan with company match and scaled PTO based on length of service. Contact Roy and Dana Finley at 803-677-1500 or check out their job postings on Facebook or ZipRecruiter. And uh, guys, you're our resident recruiting experts, so I got to start off with this. Earlier this morning, Preston announced his commitment to the early game here on 107.5 The Game. Did you guys see this coming, and how would you break down this uh, a recruiting process? Well, our sources had already informed us of this likely <laughs> uh, outcome. I just got to say, a little bit of an interesting route that Preston is uh, still playing in the bowl game today and tomorrow, <laughs> despite transferring next week. But, um, you know, we'll take his help as long as we can get it. And uh, I just hope that he still brings the energy for his current team and isn't already looking ahead to arguing with Bill Gunner every morning at 6 a.m., which I would say congratulations, but I'll also say good luck. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, you know, I'm, I'm 100% committed to the early game. However, I'm still open to having conversations. So 100% committed, but open to having conversations. Just committed. Just just exactly <laughs> like yesterday. What did that fellow say yesterday? I'm just committed. It was, uh, hey, are you, are you, are you like, Locked in, like, is that what you're definitely doing? Nah, just committed. Uh, yeah, nah, just committed. So, just committed. Yep, so keep me right there. I had uh, logged an RPM pick on three recruiting prediction machine for Preston. Mm-hmm. It was at 97.7%. Yeah. Before, yeah. based on our sourcing. Mm-hmm. I was going to put in, learning. I was going to put in for the top three, and I was going to put in, you know, <laughs> the early game, halftime with Jay Phillips and Terry, and I was going to play Heath Klein down there. Yeah. And then see. They'll be like, he's definitely not going to Heath Klein's. <laughs> <laughs> no shot. That's no not- shot. <laughs> Can't get on there. What, what? So that one's not attainable for that, you? Yeah, think? that's just not attainable. Yeah, it's like yeah. You know how they put the um some of the times the recruits will have there. It's like uh, it's like South Carolina. Newberry, Charleston Southern, Fervor. It's like, I don't think he was ever going to South Carolina. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that was going to happen. That's like the automatic Alabama in the top five. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I got some mail from Alabama once. (laughs) They're in my top five. (laughs) 
makes you look good. Yeah, now that's going to be Georgia, I think. They've probably taken over the, yes. the de facto. The, yeah, de facto top spot. Um, I just want to say, uh, Chris, did you hear the rumors about the NIL deal that that led to this I happening? And it's just ca- rumors at this time. Just rumors. It's causing some locker room dissension, too. <laughs> Wes has gotten word of it. He's upset. Yes. Um, Terry Ford bringing out the big, <laughs> the big NIL deal. Uh, but no, we will miss Preston for sure. We really didn't get to do this show together that long, actually. Um, but we would definitely miss Preston. But hey, we have we have been told yep. that Preston's still going to drop in on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour I every can, now and then. I can confirm. Yes, I hope it's more often than not. Mm-hmm. Personally, they were asked. Terry was actually asking me out there if we were going to break down. Like you know your game on mm-hmm. the station and things mm-hmm. like that. Originally, I thought I literally I'm I'm not even kidding. I thought he was talking about like your high school tape. <laughs> so I thought that he was talking about like, are y'all gonna talk about Preston's like, you know, are you gonna give him like a star rating and breakdown? And I was like, well, does anybody have a VCR? Like we put in the <laughs> put in the tape. Definitely before DVD, let alone. So, so for real though, when you put, it had to be DVD at that point. Nah, man. No, really. We were still, we were still taped. It was, really? It was, it, yeah. It was still, it was still taped. Because I, I remember, like Wes, when we, Wes and I started, literally, like even though we didn't work together at that time, like we got in it about the exact same time. It's mm-hmm. kind of weird. And I do remember every now and then, you would talk to a high school coach about a kid because I mean. He didn't have huddle film everywhere, and, you know, he didn't have 18 different recruiting profiles. Like, he would tell you about a kid, and it might be the first time you've heard about a kid. And he'd be like, I'll send you his film. And they would literally mail a DVD of his film. I remember popping in DVDs and watching this recruit film. Yeah, Crazy. you know, just being, being, in, being in the kind of the coaching game when huddle came through was uh, a scent from God, man. It was... <laughs> Yeah. One of the best game things. changer, man. It was talk about a game changing technology. It was uh, it was amazing, you know, because I was on some, especially when I was younger in my in my coaching days. Kind of the young coach has to be the one that's oh, trades the film. It? You have to either cut or trade, and so you have to go meet somebody off random. You know, like now we're gonna meet on uh, <laughs> real quick. One time we had to meet, and we were meeting at McDonald's <laughs> on Clemson Road. But there's two McDonald's on Clemson Road. And so I was at one. The other coach was at the other. This is sort of pre-cell phone-ish. So it was more like, we'll just meet at 1045. And so we're both sitting there. And then we both end up going back. And we're like, we were, we were at the McDonald's. But this is primitive. It, it sounds primitive. It sounds like cavemen talking. We didn't even have a text message. You were sitting there thinking, man, they they stood us up. They're mm. not giving us their film. Class acts. They're not class acts. <laughs> and then you have to get into guys not trading their whole last three films, and it was a it was a time. It was a time I would say. So for there, sure. you don't have to name names, but there are some that were tougher than others on the film. To, yeah. yeah. So you might not they get the wanna... whole film. Somehow the film might be missing a few plays. And Whoops. It, it, oh, there were there is, were things that is crap. There uh, were things that I mean, it was all part of the games and shit. I guess you don't you don't have as much as that now. I told I think I was telling you the other day about the uh, the clip with AJ Green. Have you seen this? Mm-mm. And uh, you know AJ's the the greatest player to come out of Somerville, and we knew that from when he was in uh, Sir third Toma. grade. Yeah, we watched <laughs> him grow up, and we was like, oh, he's gonna be great forever. But um. One of the kids was talking to him, and it was like, oh, man, Mr. Green, it's such a pleasure to meet you. He's like, yeah, did y'all have huddle when you was growing up? And he was like, 
yeah, you know, we huddled. There were 11 guys, and a quarterback was in the <laughs> ring. And, and I was like, oh, my God, AJ's an old guy now. And I, That's crazy. I guess he is, right? 2008 recruiting class. Is that right? Yep, 2008. So that was probably right. It, it that probably, wasn't, it probably the... wasn't even quite. It was like probably right when Huddle was coming along. Right? Yeah. DVD era, mm-hmm. not tape. Mm-hmm. We, we had made that leap, <laughs> but no Huddle yet. In, in 2008, even like not everybody had internet back then either. So I'm yeah. sure if tape and DV, or DVDs at that time were still very prevalent, probably until maybe like right out a decade ago. Yeah, and I, with, with Tyler being here, the Athens guy, yeah, we, we all, everybody in Somerville knew that that was going, he was going to Georgia. <laughs> Forever. That was nothing anybody could do about that. But um yeah, it was just amazing how AJ became the old guy that quick. If they if they uh anybody that traded Tate with Somerville, like they could have just like McKissick could have just played games. Like it just send AJ's highlight tape and then they'd be like, Well, we'll just give up. There's not any <laughs> he was playing receiver and, and and he was playing uh safety at the time. So he was playing both sides and yeah, one one of the greatest for sure and a great dude also. That that was always actually one of my great what ifs for South Carolina. Like you said, it was always sort of even outside of Somerville, it was always kind of thought he was headed to Georgia, but there was this little like, oh, you know, Spurrier, can they convince him to to give South Carolina a look? And I always thought that was a great what if that you would have had AJ Green and Alshon Jeffrey on the same roster in college. I mean, like you look at some of these, I actually saw a tweet going around where it was like Give me the best wide receiver group in college history. You know, there's like some Alabama groups where just all the guys were in the NFL. There's an Ohio State one. Um, yeah, there's a couple of Carolina groups that probably aren't quite in the same stratosphere, but are up there. But uh, man, Alshon and AJ on the same field would have been that would have been insane. Unfair. Yeah, I'm trying to think who else would have been in that group. It like, would have been nasty, though. Oh, in, in the South Carolina group? Yeah, yeah, if you had done that. Yeah, because, I mean, Alshon was 09 class. AJ was 2008. hmm So, Bruce Ellington was 10? I mean, you could have put... Ace Sanders was 2011. You could have put this Chris Clark in the <laughs> slot and... Not Lexington, Chris Shout Clark. Shout out to my guy, Lexington, Chris Clark. You could put this Chris Clark out there in Everybody, the Everybody, I, I brought how many, up. How many times did you ever get that? Oh, when I, so I started my job with Gamecock Central in 2009, and I got so many emails. At the beginning, and my name's spelled differently, right? But I got so many emails. Hey, man, you know, glad. Oh, that's awesome. You, I loved watching you play at Lexington. I'm like, yeah. Here's I, the thing. If yeah, there was, that if, was awesome, right? <laughs> yeah. If there was, was anybody... Good that you would want to be mistaken for, it would be him. He's like the – well, maybe not because then you can't live up to the bar of who he is <laughs> right. as a person. It's like very like – you know, it, it that was better though than being like, oh, yeah. like not – that like if Chris Clark was a bad dude, you know, or something, like I would have been like screwed from the yeah. beginning. I guess maybe it helped me at the beginning because like literally nobody knew who I was except for the people that thought I was Lexington Chris Clark. But I brought him up to somebody the other day and I was telling them the story about how I used to get mistaken for him. And um, that they, they, like, spoke about him like you. I mean, they, they were talking about him like he was Gandhi or something. One of the <laughs> – one seriously, one of the best people yeah. you've, you would ever meet, for sure. Uh, looping back around to the tape conversation, Greg weighs in on the Firehouse Subs text line. 
803 He says the best game tapes were the ones that were zoomed in where you couldn't see what the formations were. <laughs> that's why it always pay, uh, paid off to make connections to get the tape from other coaches. Man, that's why. That's where the whole networking deal come in. Be like, man, I know there's my guy in Silver Bluff. He can get us the <laughs> wide copy because, you know, this team likes to run the wing tee, but you only can see half of the tee. All of those types of things are kind of disappearing from coaching, but th- that was he's right. You would get some – because when you're filming these things, you know, you're paying some – maybe paying some student that wants to go to the game. They might quit in the middle of the game. They're like, oh, there's too many girls walking around here. It's so the 10th grade backup water boy up there. It's always some wild – yeah, so just getting film is an accomplishment for a lot of programs. Yeah, Coach uh – Take out play three, eight, and seven, where we ran that trick play. Uh, I've seen it. What is it? Did that just go from first down to third down? What? That's uh, a different era for sure. Hey, hey, put in that tape where I played the JV game that one week. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> or you'll see some guys when you watch the tape, he's like, oh, he was on the JV team last night. I don't know how to. Oh, uh, really quickly, though, I saw a statistic, and you brought up his name, and I'll, we don't talk about him as, as, as often as we should. But Gigi Jackson was the first freshman to score 30 points since Bruce Ellington. And it just made me think, this dude is going to be a first-round draft pick, and I don't even think about Bruce as being a basketball player. Yeah, and I should. crazy. Isn't, was that, it wasn't that, isn't that crazy? Yeah. But, I mean, but, do y'all, did you see him play in high school? Yes, Preston? yes. So it was, I saw him play both. It was him. And uh, I don't think I saw him play basketball, but football. I, it was him, and what was that dude's name, Wes? Um, R.J. Robinson, I think. This, like, 6'2 dude. So it's him and Bruce in the backfield. They terrorized it was a, It was amazing. I, I know we're going to a break here. I saw Bruce Ellington run from quarterback. He ran a two-minute drill without throwing the ball. <laughs> <laughs> he would just get the ball. Run, run out of bounds, get back on the ball, and, and they did it up and down the field, and they scored. Shout out to Berkeley, um, one of the most incredible athletes. Did you ever see him play basketball? In Only high school? in college, yeah. They were tremendous. That was a that was a great time in, in sort of like low country basketball. But I just you don't think about him being a. I just think about him being Bruce from football, but yeah. how good he was at actually basketball too. We'll keep this conversation going. On the other side, you're listening to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Kick off the new year with new home upgrades from Hiller. This month, when you buy something you need for your home, we'll give you something you want. For a limited time, when you purchase a new whole home generator, new tankless water heater, or select new HVAC systems, we'll give you a free 55-inch TV, free solo smokeless stove, or a free Nintendo Switch. Pick your prize when you upgrade essential systems for your home. Don't wait. Book online at happyhiller.com today. Call the Happy Face Truck today. It could be information to change your life forever. Or the Something You Should Know podcast could just be something interesting. We're talking about the benefits of play. My guest is Joanna Fortune, author of the book, Why We Play, How to Find Joy and Meaning in Everyday Life. Playfulness in the life of adults in terms of its psychosocial impact is understudied, if anything. But the research that is available does point to a myriad of pro-social benefits and psychological benefits. Something You Should Know, wherever you listen. 
It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen, with Chris Clark and Wes Mitchell. On the home of the Gamecocks, 107.5 The Game. Back in on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, Tyler West, Chris, and Preston along with you. Speaking of Firehouse Subs, it is Thursday. If you go to Firehouse Subs, you can get the Thursday sub of the day. And that is the spicy Cajun chicken today. Five ninety nine for a small, seven ninety nine for a medium. There's a sub of the day for every single day of the week, Monday through sub- Sunday, at any of the fourteen Midlands locations of Firehouse Subs. You can go over right over ne- ne- next to the studio to Main Street. You can go to Casey. Casey's got a drive through. If you are in a little bit more of a hurry, don't want to go in, don't want to get out in the cold, go drive through in Casey. Get the sub of the day. Or try the new prime rib steak sub. A bunch of ways to get it. Again, you can walk in any of the 14 Midlands locations. You can go to firehousesubs.com to find the closest location next to you and order via Rapid Rescue. That way, you can go right into Firehouse Subs and pick up your ready-made hot Firehouse Subs. Uh, If you hit up the Firehouse Subs text line with your takes on Gamecock football, reminiscing on some of the older players in the Palmetto State, you'll actually get a link back to order. That's the Firehouse Subs text line. 803-404-6100 or order through the Firehouse Subs app and join the rewards program. That's the Firehouse Subs sub of the day, and it is the spicy Cajun chicken on Thursday. Guys, we were um, were currently watching film of A.J. Green, and he does have Huddle. Wes, I don't think Wes has a DVD player. No Huddle. No Huddle. This is just YouTube. Okay, so this is ripped from a DVD probably on YouTube. This was the start of the your highlights are on YouTube Okay. Era. I remember that era. Because I, I actually, I, I noticed something young kids these days uh, talk a lot about this phrase that I had never heard until recently called core memories. And core memory is like something that's just locked in to your brain from back in the day. And I can't remember literally what I had for dinner last night. But I, core memory, remember watching this film this exact version of this film, it's got 300,000 views now. It probably would have 3 million views if this was today that it came out. I remember watching this. I was probably in college at the time, and it really, I guess, just started covering this stuff or interning or something maybe. I don't know. But um, this, to this day, is still one of the best highlight tapes I have ever seen. And it's just A.J. Green going up for <laughs> passes for 10 minutes. I, I forgot about one crucial point between. So we had tape, DVD, huddle. Shout out to our guy, Wes. You remember the Athlete Vault era? Our guy, Jason Pugh. Yep. yep he kind of yep. was the gap between, like, he got all the DVDs and then he's ripping them. So a lot of older film, like this era to, like, I don't know, 2012, 2013, a lot of Athlete Vault viewing time for us. You got some Marcus Lattimore film out there, I think, that yep. has Athlete Vault on the bottom of it. So, And, and we were talking about – so y- you brought up, Wes, like, hey, what, what – it was like the greatest what if, like Alshon Jeffrey, and what if they could have gotten A.J. Green, so that would have been the 2010 team. Let me throw out another one. And not that any of this was ever close, but just to play the what if. So Alshon Jeffrey, A.J. Green, in the 2010 class, because A.J. Green was 08 – Jeffrey was nine. 2010, DeAndre Hopkins. So in 2010, they could have had, in theory, those three guys. By the way, Bruce Ellington and Ace Sanders were freshmen in 2010 as well. 
Tory Gurley was on that team Tory, as well. Tory Gurley so was on that team. They had a bunch. You would have been unstoppable. loaded. Absolutely unstoppable. I remember watching Newt Hopkins at the Shrine Bowl, and I was like, this guy was made in a factory. Like, he's not as physically imposing, you know, as the other guys, but just incredible hands, body control, route running. I mean, he, he was something else. Heck of a basketball player, too. Yep. More so the athlete playing basketball type. So so is AJ is just like, well, I'm a better athlete than you. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, those those it was a great time. It was a great time for sure. The 2010 Shrine Bowl was a lot of fun. Hopkins, you had the Burns boys with uh, Corey Miller and uh, Brandon Willis. You had Marcus Lattimore. Kelsey Quarles at the 2010 Shrine Bowl, I think. Mm. It was absolutely loaded with talent that year. Yeah, we can sit around and watch. <laughs> the The crazy thing about this AJ film that we're watching is that uh, it holds up. You know, <laughs> sometimes... Sometimes you go back and watch it like, oh yeah, they wasn't they wasn't really that good. But some of these players are holding up and it, it's still as I'm sorry, y'all have seen a lot mm-hmm. of film, right? You've watched a lot. You yeah. know, sometimes yeah. some things stick out, some things don't, mm-hmm. but still holds up. And we started in the commercial break and it was still just going <laughs> as we were sitting here talking. I, I was gonna say in reference to you guys talking about remembering seeing AJ AJ Green's high school tape all the way back in two thousand eight, with how not easily accessible tape was back then when you did see something it was probably going to make an impact because now you can go on youtube or huddle or whatever and watch thousands of guys stuff and maybe one will stick out to you but back then if you heard about it or you got a chance to see somebody's tape it was probably really really good and that's probably why it sticks with you do y'all know who the only guy rated higher than aj was at receiver for that class 2008 yep julio jones ding Correct. Yes, he was all right. Yeah, he was pretty good. He had Julio <laughs> solid. and A.J. Green, top two. True. couple uh, pretty good ones. And I believe they got drafted one spot by each other as well. I think Green went right before Julio in the draft because I distinctly remember as being a Falcons fan, I thought the Falcons were trading up to try and get Green, missed him because he went to the Bengals and ended up getting mm-hmm. Julio. That obviously worked out pretty well. Yeah, those guys were always linked for that very reason mm-hmm. i think um the the rankings i'm looking at for whatever reason has aj third but i i was like there's no way there was another guy up there and it's because terrell Pryor for some reason is logged as a receiver even though um because he transitioned to receiver even though he was a quarterback for sure ranked out of high school and was a five-star guy um but yeah julio and aj speaking of five-star guys that was a 27-minute segue to talk to you about Nicholas Harbor, five-star athlete from this class, Shane Beamer and company going in-home last night, fellas. Um, I've been completely overusing this, but I don't know. I guess I'm proud of myself for this right-on-the-nose phrasing. And um, we know he's a track guy. This has been a marathon, but the final sprint to the finish is upon us multiple schools in yesterday. You have an Oregon visit this weekend that actually will be starting today. And um, you tell me, Tyler, do we do we go ahead and dive into this or do we hit this on the other side? You, you have the controls over there. Yeah, let's go ahead and hit this on the other side since we're going to take a deeper dive into it. Nick Harbor Talk. Yeah, Nick Harbor Talk on the other side. You're listening to 
Gamecock Central Takeover Hour on 1075 The Game. You say you'll never join the Navy. That living on a submarine would be too hard. You'd never power a whole ship with nuclear energy. Never bring a patient back to life. Or play the national anthem for a sold-out crowd. Joining the Navy sounds crazy. Saying never actually is. Start your journey at Navy.com. America's Navy. Forged by the sea. Founded by Firemen with Chris Clark and Wes Mitchell on the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. Back in on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs on 107.5 The Game. Tyler, Wes, Chris, and Preston along with you. When we'll hit some of these uh, texts on the Firehouse Subs text line before we dive in to the Nicholas Harbor conversation. Talking about great high school tapes, uh, unnamed texter brings up Sidney Rice. I'm sure a lot of people can agree on that one. Uh, let's see. Also have... Do we have a Noel Divine? I've not seen that mention one. Mention on there. Uh, this no-name texter brings up uh, Casey Gladney from Columbia High. Said that Ooh. was the best player he had ever watched. Um, believe he ended up at Texas Tech. And one question on the Firehouse Subs text line in reference to Elijah Caldwell asking if he is related to Jakari Caldwell. <laughs> I'm sure you guys have been asked that question before. Yes, um, I believe I maybe even answered that question wrong at some point. I thought they were cousins. Okay. They are not. Uh, I confirmed that for sure this week because, yes, we've been asked that several times. From the same town, same area, same high school. Same position. Same, same position, name. same last name. However, they are not actually related. Well, Unless it's some far-off thing where they just don't even know it. It's just a happen coincidence. Yes. Uh, Gamecock should get good news there. He will be announcing at some point this afternoon. Uh, the last we were told will be between 1 o'clock and 2 o'clock. This afternoon. So really, guys, you only have, it's so weird going into signing day, it's a week from yesterday, you only have two guys, Caldwell and then Nick Harbor, that South Carolina is still targeting as far as high school prospects in this class. And I think it's going to be a strange, interesting week to follow. We were just talking during the break. Most of the time, these lists at least internally, have been sort of shaved down, maybe to one or two schools. Maybe a third school is still in it. But, I mean, you're sitting right here six days until Harbor announces. I think South Carolina is firmly in it. Now I'll say this. I think the fan base has taken, we're in it to mean like, oh, we're about to get Nick Harbor. And I would say take a breath on that. But I think South Carolina firmly in it, Chris. I think Michigan has always been in it. I think we're all just anticipating this big push from Oregon over the weekend, although I don't think the relationships there are near as longstanding as some of these other places. Some people actually think Maryland may be the favorite. And then you have a school that I hesitate to even mention, but also that seems to believe they're in it, and that would be Miami, which also had their in-home this week as well. Uh, no official visit to Miami. I don't even know if there was an, any type of visit to Miami, to be honest. But not very often that you have five, hopefully I counted that right, five legitimate schools still in the mix a week until signing day. Yeah, and, and it's kind of, sometimes you'll see 
a guy go down to the wire, big time guys, it's normally like top 100 players, top 25 players especially, where it's even blue bloods. I mean, we've seen Georgia, Alabama, for instance, mm-hmm. go down to the wire. for Like I remember N'Kobe Dean, he was from Mississippi, an amazing player. You know, it's Georgia and Alabama, and I think the Mississippi schools are in it. And you just don't know until signing day. Like, it literally goes down to the wire. That's how close that's kind of big boy recruiting. You kind of chalk it up to it. So, South Carolina's given it everything they've got. Obviously, Beamer and the staff were, were in the home yesterday, as you alluded to, Wes. And, you know, still time virtually for these schools to continue making their pitches and for Harbor and his family to sit down and figure it out. They do have the official to Oregon. I'm with you. I can't – just knowing what we know about Harbor – I can't see him picking Miami without going down and taking an official visit. Mm-hmm. I think some people around Miami have some type of confidence, and I think that's because they obviously have a big NIL war chest and they feel like that'll appeal. Not that it won't appeal some, but I, Nicholas Harbor's family, the way they do things, I, I just can't see that. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of with you. I think if you take those five and we kind of try to start to – chop them off and um, reverse engineer what the pick might be. I'm with you. I think I think you have to mention Miami in the conversation just because they allowed the in-home. So that tells me there's some level of interest. But when you look at how strongly they've been interested in these other schools, especially the three, South Carolina, Michigan, and Maryland, those are the three that have been in this longest. And I the thing I wonder about Oregon is – what is the actual internal feel on Oregon? I think we're all anticipating, hey, they're going to be able to check every box that they're looking for, and they're going to blow them away this weekend. Now, that hasn't happened yet. We don't. There is no feedback yet on that visit because it literally hasn't happened. So we don't, you know, I think we're all just sort of anticipating what's going to happen there. But for every school I can mention, I can give you a reason why he would pick them, and I can give you the but, maybe not, for all those as well. Bigger picture. And obviously the answer is it depends. Let's get that out there. It but depends. Where do schools want to be in the official visit order? That's a great question. The assumption is that you want to go last. I don't know necessarily if that holds up to a test. Like if you did a double blind test to that or something. I don't, I don't know that it actually holds up. Like I, I think the rational assumption is, oh, you get the last push. But especially going back traditional days where you'd have three, you know, three January visits and then make a decision. The last one didn't really seem to matter that sometimes you get the last one, but they already internally have made up their mind because they saw everything they wanted visit one or two you're seeing schools now now that spring slash summer official visits are a thing they're going for the early knockout basically mm-hmm. go for the win now go ahead and get this guy locked up and some of that is a change in the recruiting calendar and just the change in trends of when most guys decide a ton of these kids are saying i want to be decided before august um, I want to know where I'm going before my senior year so I can focus on my senior year. So then you sort of lock in a June official visit. You maybe don't even care about the order. 
there's some maybe there's a small advantage depending on the kid, but it seems to me like schools actually prioritize getting someone in for for my big weekend. Like if I'm South Carolina, I don't necessarily care if it's your last visit, first visit, second visit. Come here when I've got if you're a receiver, I've also got my quarterback in. Come here when the entire future O line is going to be here as well. I think that's the the push from schools is to kind of try to build those relationships within the class and get those guys talking about playing together. If you gave me the choice, would I rather have the last visit, but it's just that kid on campus, or I could have the first visit and the entire recruiting class is there with them, I want the entire recruiting class on campus. Yeah, that's a great point about the summer visits because you, you kind of got to go into it knowing, okay, obviously we could burn our official visit this summer, but generally you're going to do that with kids who, as Wes said, you know, you have you feel like they're going to commit before their season. Now, on the other side of that, if you land a big-time guy, you will see this sometimes. Hey, I'm going to take three officials during the season – or during the summer, rather, and then make my decision before my season. They do that and then maybe they don't end up committing anywhere. Or they commit somewhere, and, hey, I got these two officials. I'll go take them during the season or after the season, and now you're in, like, a dogfight to keep them. You look at what South Carolina did with Harbor. You know, he's been – they were first on the official docket. That's just kind of the way it worked out. His first one wasn't until September. So he goes South Carolina, Michigan, right on the heels of that, and then he goes up to Maryland in December. He's been to Maryland a bunch anyway, but – he took a June unofficial to South Carolina in 2021. He took a July unofficial last year in 2022 and then followed that up with an official in September. So South Carolina was, to Wes's point, able to highlight a lot of the good things. He came to Columbia in the summer. We got good weather. It's hot sometimes, you know, but good weather compared to, hey, Michigan, it's cold, you know, and, and he's he's used to cold. Um but I think they were able to highlight some of those things. So, also, Harbor is a guy that's more of a big-picture guy. Like, he's not going to pick a school because it's the last place he went. If he ends up picking Oregon, it's not going to be because, oh, they just happen to be last. You know, it, he's not that impressionable. He's got a really good family around him. He's got good support. He, he takes a kind of a really intelligent approach to it. So we have a question here on the Firehouse Subs text line again, 803-404-6100 from Josh, and he is asking why, how had USC gotten themselves in the position to be Harbor's only SEC finalist? He was considering Alabama as well, but they just did not make his final cut. I mean, I think it's relationships. Um, and I think you're talking about, you know, sometimes you can just tell from the final list oh, that's an SEC kid. Like, if it's four or five SEC schools, then that obviously meant something to them. I just think to what Chris was just saying, it, it kind of matches in there. He's he's not really worried about that, I don't think. I think he's looking for the best fit, and fit is a word that gets thrown around probably too much. But uh, I think Harbor, it's always been an intriguing recruitment in that track matters more than probably with any other top football prospect out there. The whole total um, just human experience and growing off the field and NIL opportunities involved as far as... But even then, I don't think, Chris, it's like some money grab. I think this is more like, hey, I know I'm a brand. Like, I'm probably 
the second biggest brand in this class at this point behind only Arch Manning. So I, I know that that's worth something, and I want to put myself in a position to take advantage of it while I'm in college. So I, I don't think it's more like, hey, who's the biggest um, you know, contract offer out there? I think it's more like who's going to put me in a position long-term to best um, – put myself in the position I want to be in, whether that's on the football field, on the track, or in just the regular old civilian space down the road. And um, so I think this is this is not a Blue Bloods only battle. If anything, it's one of the more intriguing final four or final five teams you'll ever see in that they are from different conferences, different parts of the country, different approaches. Um you actually would be hard-pressed to even find what the common denominator is for all the schools that are involved. Yeah, I mean, it's not a top six or top eight graphic that had Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. Like, you know, those have been in it. I think he had Georgia in his top seven at one point, but they've never really been that much in it. I mean, Michigan made the college football playoff. Oregon's had some buzz, but it's just kind of like you said, it's that kind of variety pack of just different schools. And so, really, for South Carolina, without Shane Beamer, they're not in the game with Nick Carver. I mean, he, you know, got on Shane Beamer's radar. Beamer at Oklahoma did a really good job of getting Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley at the time in the game with some guys from the DMV, Caleb Williams, for instance. So he had recruited an offensive lineman from Archbishop Carroll, uh, Anton Harrison, when Harbor was coming up as a freshman before he was a national name. And so as soon as he got the job at South Carolina, there's the call made, hey, I'm you know, coming after you. You're going to be a priority for me. And that's, that's really paid off. Well, let's turn to our final break, and we'll wrap up the Thursday edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler, Wes, Chris, and Preston along with you, 107.5 The Game. 107.5 The Game. Back in on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs, Tyler, Wes, Chris, and pressing along with you for a few more minutes, Jay and Terry coming up on the other side of the hour with the halftime show. Before we get out of here, though, we do need to tell you about our friends over at Integrated Media. Yeah, Integrated Media, a great place for you to upgrade that smart home, uh, maybe upgrade your TV, upgrade your internet service. Obviously, everything is streaming these days. So if you don't have cable, you don't have satellite anymore, you probably got one of those streaming services or maybe you need to Watch ESPN or ESPN Plus, ESPN3, all that good stuff. If you want to make sure that you're in position, of course, you got the championship games coming up this week. Two weeks from now, you got the Super Bowl. Our friends at Integrated Media are going to put you in a position to be able to make sure that your streaming is top notch. Maybe you want to install some surround sound before the big game. Get your friends over. Maybe you want them to mount the new TV. Whatever it is that you need for your smart home they can take care of you. So, again, our friends at Integrated Media, a great sponsor here at the GC Takeover. And uh, my best advice would be just to go, go to integratedmediainc.com and you can see all their options, the way you can contact them, the About Us. All their services are available right there. Again, integratedmediainc.com. All right, we're uh, closing out the final segment here. And uh, we like to make this show about football, but also about food. And um, there's a, a new trend, Preston, that I've, I see every now and then of guys who visit and they'll sometimes have a cameraman with them. And so there, there was actually a, if, if you want to see it, 
go check it out. There's a group that came down from uh, from that same DMV sort of area over the weekend for the junior day. And uh, one of the guys that was featured in this video is a kid by the name of Mike Williams, which, first of all, great football name. If your name is Mike Williams, you're going to be good at football. I think it's a stone-cold lock. But Mike, a young offensive line target for South Carolina, actually just got an offer from the Gamecocks over the weekend. And um, they captured an awesome moment. This was during the junior day, breakfast, I believe. They had this great spread of food. And what we got to witness on camera was the boys from the DMV seeing grits served for the first time. And you got to, man, what is that? And then you got to, I think that's grits. And then you got to, I don't know about that, man. So Preston and I were, were just talking. Chris is giving me some funky looks. I'm just, that's a Southeast thing, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. I just can't fathom, like, not knowing about grits. But, I mean, I think they knew about grits, but it's kind of one of those things you where... have seen it on TikTok or something? Know, like, no. Yeah, if I, if I went to another part of the country and there was something that they only had there, I might be like, wait a second, is that... It'd be like if y'all went up to the Northeast and somebody served you a pierogi and you'd never seen one before. I'd be like, wait a second, is that a pierogi? Yeah, like, kind of kind of. What's in that? that? Yeah, what? and so Preston and I were just talking. I hope they served up some legit grits, not some low cafeteria grade grits with no salt, no pepper, no cheese, no butter because the distance in rating between y'all have had those grits before. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Between the non-seasoned, non-buttered, non-cheesed grits, non-baconed, yeah, is a great distance. Yeah, I was I was saying shout out to shout out to Pop Pop Cleveland Bellamy, rest in peace. You my dog, but <laughs> The worst grits. My grandfather, <laughs> it was, they, were, they, they were absolutely terrible. You know, like, no for, no consistency to them. Sort of you pick them up with a fork and they just run down. Oh, to the no. Grit. They got to have some Runny grits. No salt. No salt. Mm. Oh, man. No really, sal- really bad grits. So, um, and, and by the way, I, I touched base to find out if he did try the grits. Mm-hmm. He said he did. And he said he did not like them I, with I a uh, laughing emoji. I don't understand. But I, hey, I respect that he tried them, and I, but but hey, I, I, again, not throwing any shade. I don't know what these grits were, but in general, I feel like whether or not you like grits or not, if you're first trying them, are going to depend wholly on which version of grits you got. Because if they're loaded up with salt, pepper, butter, and cheese, and Chris is throwing bacon in as well, I don't even need the bacon, but I always take the bacon, then I don't see how you could not like them. Yeah, you got to try like five or six different people's or restaurants or whatever's version of grits to determine if you like them or not, in my opinion. But I also think it's one of those things where if you're Southern, Liking, like, you just have to say you you have to like grits. And if you're not from the Southeast, I feel like it's kind of like it's cool to be like, oh, grits, what is that? What are they doing down there? Like, I just don't know what they're missing, though. Yeah, true. My dad was a cream of wheat guy. Shout out EJ Jenkins from that. South Carolina. Whew. Can't say I get down South with the cream of wheat. Cream of wheat's fine. Uh, yeah, you, fine. That's not how you want to describe anything. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> How's your day? You, you can fine. load it up with those same things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could. Not as good as grits, though. You remember we went to... Uh, Dinner with those people, and they were from Texas. Went to dinner with those people. <laughs> from Texas at a very good establishment. 
around here that does good grits. And uh, they put shrimp in theirs too. They do. And and we told them about it. They're like, oh, that's kind of weird. And they're like, you should try it, man. It's awesome. And then we asked them after, and they're like, oh, it was okay. Yeah, it's fine. I got like irrationally upset about it. <laughs> it's fine. If anybody says oh, I was pretty good. They didn't no. like it. Pretty good. No, what do you like mean it? pretty? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Somebody says I was pretty good. They hated it. Are we out of time, Tyler? Uh, yeah. We can continue the grits conversation tomorrow if you want to. We can, All right, we we'll talk about Elijah Caldwell we, then we, as we well. We can dedicate Friday to just breakfast foods. How about that? Man, oh, I love it. We spend whole, we spend the whole day on that, quite frankly. Uh, that'll be the end of today's episode of the Gamecock Central Takeout Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler West, Chris, and Preston back with you tomorrow at eleven o'clock. Jay and Terry coming up on the other side with halftime show. You're listening to 107.5 The Game. Ross Matthews talks to celebrities, friends, and people with interesting stories to tell. Who's saying hello, Ross, this week? Richard Fierro, I am so beyond thrilled to chat with you. It's not every day we have an actual life-saving hero. I want to heap praise on you, and I want you to accept well, the hero status. <laughs> it's, it's been hard, but I'm sorry. <laughs> you deserve a hero status. I, I want to hear about that day. Hello, Ross. Available on YouTube or wherever you listen. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.